you guys. Welcome to episode 77 of the show. My name is Kristen, and I'm so happy that you guys decided to spend your time with me today. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I pray that you're going to have an amazing day, and I love that you have taken the time to spend this time investing in yourself, whether it's for your business, whether it's just to grow and strengthen in another way. I'm just so proud of you because there are a lot of people in this world that do not personally develop, and you are a part of the small percentage of the population that takes the time to do that, to grow your mind. So go ahead and celebrate yourself right now. I'm so grateful for you and I'm so, so proud of you. And this is just one step forward into pushing towards your goals. So today I'm going to be talking about environment. I know last time we talked about vision and purpose of vision casting and we're in a new year and I just finished cardio. So I'm kind of out of breath. So excuse me. Anyway, last year, last week we talked about um, how vision is so important when it comes uh, to uh, especially starting a brand new year. And so this week, I kind of want to take a step forward into that. I want us to still think about vision. I want us to think about how that relates to whatever space that we're in, okay? So maybe it's a goal that you've set for yourself or your business. Maybe it's a financial goal. Maybe it's a goal for your family, Whatever that looks like, vision is so important, but the, today the topic that I'm going to talk about is going to be a contributing factor, okay? So if you think back to, you know, back in the days I used to teach science, you know, there's a lot of contributing factors to growth, right? And I feel like I'm jumping right in, so we're going to go ahead and get started. So you guys, if you're listening to this and you get value, go ahead and screenshot it, add it to your Facebook or Instagram stories. Make sure to tag me at Morris. And uh, don't forget to leave a review and those stars. So anyway, while I was getting, uh, while I was teaching, I remember teaching, um, especially like biology. Now, of course, I taught third and fifth grade and second grade. So we weren't like all into biology. It was basic fundamentals. And so I think if I go here, it'll make sense. So think about in science, like you talk about, let's use a plant, for example. Okay. Plants need certain things to grow. Am I right or am I right? Okay, they do. So if you think about it, what all does a plant need in order to survive? Okay, so I have these mums on my porch. (laughs) You know, it's the new year, right? Like, when do we buy mums? We normally buy mums in the fall, right? Because we have like, you know, all the fun fall colors and stuff. And so every year I feel very, very motivated to get mums for my front porch. So I have pumpkins everywhere, mums everywhere. And then (laughs) they're beautiful for a while. In fact, I actually like I get out there and I trim them and I, you know, pull the dead blossoms off and I water it. And then after a while, (laughs) like if I could just explain to you what they look like right now, you'd be like, Kristen, why did you do that? So there are things, my point bringing that up, there are things that contribute to growth, growth, right? Like progress. You have to have sunlight. A plant has to have water. A plant has to have um, adequately, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The soil has to be good enough, right? Like it can't be depleted of the minerals that it needs in order to grow. And I remember when I was in the classroom, one of the experiments that we did with our students was we would take, and so if you're a parent, this might be something fun that you want to do. So side note, um, science experiment at home. Anyway, we would take these lima beans, okay? Lima beans, and we would take a, um, we would put them in a, a Ziploc bag, and we would, we would vary the, the variables, okay? So, like, one, we would wet a paper towel and put it in the bag with the lima bean, 
And so we would have one Ziploc bag that had a paper towel that was wet. And then we had one that did not have one. And we would tape that to the window in my classroom, okay, where the sunlight would come in and it would hit it, okay? And I know that I'm missing the soil part, but just go with me, okay? Then we would do the exact same thing. We would take one lima bean with a wet paper towel, and we would take one lima bean with nothing, and we would tape that to the back door of my classroom where it was kind of dark, and there was no light that came in and would hit it. And we just, we just let it sit. We let it hang out. Because y'all know watching seeds grow, it's like, you know, like watching water boil. Like, it just takes forever, right? So we, I would teach my kids about patience, and I would teach my kids about how, you know, there were certain things that we had to do while we waited because the plant wasn't going to just blossom overnight, Do you see where I'm going with this? And so over time, what we would do is we would graph our progress and we would, we would go over there and we would track it. We would, they would have these little, um, we call them like their lab diaries and they would actually draw pictures of the progress that would happen. And the first few days, nothing happened. And then usually around week two, you started to see that the, the seed was starting to break open And a small little sprout would come out. Now, it wasn't very big. Never was it big, ever. And then, so we would, and they would get really, really excited whenever they would see that little bit of growth. They would get super excited. They would be like, oh my gosh, Miss Morris, it's happening. We've got plants are growing. Like, it was such a big deal, right? And then they would go over. So that was usually the one that went to, and y'all know, I mean, obviously all of us know how things work when it comes to growing plants, but we would, we would walk over there to the one at the window and we could see that progress happening. However, only one of the plants, actually I lie, both of them would actually sprout just a little bit. Okay. And then we would go to the back door and we would notice that not much more was happening. So the progress wasn't moving as quickly. Okay. Now it took a little bit longer and eventually those did eventually sprout. And so time went on, kept going. We would keep, keep journaling. We would keep watching. And at the end of the time, what we started to notice was that the seeds that got water and sunlight did better. And the ones that were sitting over there in the dark, they never, ever seemed to do as well. And so we determined that light was very necessary for the plant to thrive. Now, so we realized that and we were like, oh gosh, okay, so this is not the most ideal environment for the seed. And so we would go back to the seed that was over there by the window and we realized, man, this light, like this light, there's something to it. And then we started to notice over time, what ended up happening was as the sprouts would take place, the seed that had the paper towel that was watered started to grow better. It actually looked healthy. The seed that didn't have water, while it sprouted, it actually started to wither away and it didn't get very far. In fact, it it almost stunted its growth. And I want you to think about that. In whatever space that you're in, whatever goal that you're working towards, it's super important to understand that your environment is probably the most important contributing factor to your progress. It's so important for you to understand that if you have the right amount of sunlight, but you don't give yourself enough water, you're going to stunt yourself. If you give yourself an adequate amount of water, but not enough sunlight, you're going to stunt yourself. 
And so you're like, well, Kristen, like that makes sense. I get that. People, we know about how to grow plants and we know that plants need sunlight and they need water. What does that have to do with me and real life and my goals? And so I want to start by encouraging you to ask yourself, number one, have you noticed a plateau? Have you noticed certain things are holding you back? And I would suggest that you start to look at what are the things in your life that are contributing to your success or the things that may or may not be holding you back. And I'll start with the first thing that I want to talk about is your people. Okay, your people. Now, I firmly believe that the team that I'm a part of, they are a huge component to our success. Okay, and the reason why I say that is because they are number one positive and uplifting. That's super important. If you don't have a network of people that are standing behind you that are that are going to be your cheerleader, they're going to wish you well, they're going to want the best for you, then that could be a possibility. That could be something that could be holding you back. Something else that I've noticed about our team is that they don't mind telling you when you have things to fix. And I know I've done an episode on this before about people pleasing, and some of us have that trait. I'm one of them. Okay, I'm working on it. But if you're with people that are yes people, people that are always saying, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. You're so amazing. Like you're doing the thing. Like you just keep going. You go. You're doing it. But they never ever want to give you that positive, constructive criticism. That could stagnate you also. It's like, put it, put it to you this way. It's like if I were in the classroom and I were teaching my second graders, okay? So like the goal is to be able to get them where they're so systematic in adding and subtracting. Like if I shoot out a fast track, they should be able to do it just like that. I don't know if you can hear me snapping. So that whenever they get to the next level, they're able to multiply because they already know, they have that background knowledge. They already know how to do the basics so that they can move on to something that's a little bit more challenging. And so if I don't, let's say that I have a kid, there was a strategy where, um, where I would use, um, we called them counting rods. And so they would take beads and they would, basically I would spit out a fact and I'd be like, tell me how you can get to 12. And they would show me by sliding the beads on the, the um, counting rod. And it was so systematic, just like that. Like it was very quick. And some of them got it quickly and some of them didn't, just like us in business, right? Some of us get it very quickly and some of us don't. We have to remind ourselves of that, right? Everything's a process. It's about getting better. But if I didn't, if let's say I said, okay, I want you to make 12 and the kid gave me a five and a five and I would be like, you're so good. I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. Would that help them? No. And so if you have people around you that are yes, people that are like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. You did it. But they're never, ever offering that constructive criticism that we absolutely need. Guys, it's just like not giving enough water or enough sunlight. You have to surround yourself with people that are going to not only support you and help you to grow, but they're also going to be people that are going to be willing to put you in your place when you need it. And we might not like that. Sometimes it stings when we hear from the people, but that's why it's so necessary for us to find our tribe that loves us. See, there's a huge difference in having people in your corner that are users and abusers or people that take from you. And that's a boundary conversation that we could have for another day, right? There's a difference in having those people that are never willing to allow you to step up to the level that you're capable of. The people that want to hold you back for some reason or another, whether it's their own self-doubt, you making them feel inferior. There's a multitude of reasons for that. But 
what they feel and what they think is not on you, especially if you have communicated yourself. And we've talked about this before. If you've communicated with them and you've let them in on what your plan is or your vision and they don't buy into it or they don't support you, they may or may not be your tribe, right? That's why sometimes we talk about how sometimes you just outgrow your friends, right? It's sad, really, because, you know, as someone who wants to get better every single day, unfortunately, there are some people that are just fine where they're at. They're completely comfortable. They don't see anything wrong with where they are. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what they want, that's what they want, right? But unfortunately, for someone who is wanting to push themselves, stretch themselves to the next level, make themselves a little bit better every single day, at some point or another, their relationship is no longer going to be there because that person is not going to have an awareness around the direction that you're headed because they aren't able to support your vision because they lack vision themselves. Is this making sense? Another thing that I want you to think about whenever you are thinking about the people that you're around is that they should be people that push you to the top, right? They should be people that push you to the top. That's why we says, uh, I think it's Jim Rohn that says, you know, you're like um, the five people that you spend the most time with, right? If I choose to surround myself with people who are low in their vision, then guess what that's going to do to mine? It's going to make it diminish over time. But if I surround myself with people, even if it's people that I don't personally know, um, I heard Eric Worre say one time, you know, you have to have a virtual mentor, someone who probably doesn't even know your name, right? Like it's so easy. I think, you know, because we are so, um, as people, we love, we thrive on community and I don't care how introverted you are. We were created by our Lord and Savior for community, We were created because we want to belong. Every single person on the face of the planet has a desire to be wanted, a desire to belong to something, regardless of whether we're introverted or not. That's just the way it is, right? That's just the way it is. So if you have a, you know, you have a mentor that maybe you can visit or people that you can talk to, um, that you can receive good sound advice from personally, like people that you can talk to physically, put your hands on them. That's amazing. But it's also important for you to surround yourself with mentors that you don't even know physically. Maybe they don't even know who you are. Maybe they don't even know your name, but it's maybe a podcast that you subscribe to or someone who you can't stop reading their books or you consume all of their content because you love their vision. You love their way of thinking because you can relate to it because it speaks to your soul because it's going to help to elevate you to the next level, right? However, if you look at the flip side of that, if you pick the wrong types of people, it's like, You know, I've shared this experience before. Whenever I first started teaching, I remember I was so excited. Like, I was really, really excited about going into the classroom, about having my own classroom, about having my own students, all the things, you know, like you, you got into the world and you're just like super pumped about what's to come, right? Maybe even in your business, when you first started, you're like, oh my gosh, I got this thing. This is going to be amazing. You're super pumped, right? And then you get around people that maybe have been doing it for a little while and their vision's kind of low. They're not necessarily the most supportive people. Maybe they're not even the most positive thinking. They haven't personally developed and I can't tell you how long, right? And when you get around those people and what do you start to hear? You start to hear things like, well, gosh, like it doesn't matter what I do. Nobody appreciates me. I try hard all the time and nothing pays off. These people, they're just out to get you. I think that this is a scam. I remember when I was in the classroom, I was like, 
We don't ever have time for anything. These kids are awful. Blah, 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 blah. And I remember thinking, good God. Like, why are you still teaching if that's how you feel? Why are you still doing the business if that's how you feel? Why, why, why would you continue to be around people like that? Number one, because if you do, <coughs> if you choose to be around that type of people, it's going to eventually point blank derail your vision. You have to get those people out of your life. The second thing that I think of, and so I'll go back to the, the, um, the example of the people for a second. I don't know why I'm stuck on people. I have another point to make, but I think I'm going to keep going because this feels good. Joseph in the Bible... I don't know if y'all know who that is. I'm going to give you a little backstory. Joseph in the Bible, he was one of like a lot of different brothers, okay? He was like the baby. His daddy had some issues getting married, and he had a favorite wife, bottom line, okay? You know, in the Bible, they always had all them wives and everything. So he had a favorite wife. Joseph happened to be the son of his favorite wife, and so Joseph naturally was his favorite son, okay? It's sad, but it's true. And he gave Joseph a coat that was really beautiful. His uh, brothers were actually very jealous of it. Naturally, I would be too. I mean, come on, let's be real. Um, how many of y'all got issues over your, your baby brother or your baby sister? You're like, that's the favorite. Mom and daddy love that baby. And, you know, I'm just chopped liver, right? Okay. Well, Joseph had this, this coat and he, because of it, like he would flaunt around. Obviously he was very proud of it. And his brothers eventually got to the place where they were just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to kill this dude. Like we're done with him. And so they plotted a plan. When they got him alone, they were going to kill him. Someone else, one of the other brothers stood up and says, no, let's not do that. Like, that probably isn't a great idea. He was probably one of the smarter of the group. And uh, so what they did instead was they decided to sell him into slavery. Okay? I'm really fast-forwarding through the story to help you guys understand. Okay? His brothers were probably not the best environment. I don't think that that was something that Joseph had much control over, especially back in the day. He was the baby brother of all of these sons. But you guys get the point, right? Him being around those brothers was simply holding him back from his potential. But God always has a plan, right? He always has a plan. It doesn't matter what our circumstances look like. We can choose to look beyond that. And so the story gets even better. Eventually he moves. He becomes a slave for a while. Um, and then eventually he actually does a favor for someone in um, Potiphar's house, which is like kind of like the king, sort of. Not really, but kind of. Just to give you a perspective if you don't know the story. And uh, he was given a lot of power, okay, which was really, really good Because then that gave him influence, okay? Problem is, in that specific instance, um, Potiphar's wife happened to really like Joseph. She thought he was a fine-looking man, and she started making passes at him. But Joseph was a very good guy. He was upstanding, his character was strong, and he refused. And so Potiphar's wife actually plotted a plan against Joseph, and he was thrown back in jail. She made it look like he made passes at her so that the husband would get jealous, in that specific instance, apparently Joseph was in the wrong environment. He had someone else, yet again in his story, that was holding him back. And I love this story so much because I think that we can relate to that because so many times we get put in an environment and we're like, we just use that as an excuse. We're like, man, these people are just holding me back. I just don't feel like, you know, this is what I could be. They don't believe in me. Maybe they're talking down to me. Like, I, and we use those excuses to hold us back. And a lot of times we, we stick there, right? We stay there. Joseph is a prime example of those things happening to him and him not giving up. Him still holding on to the faith that there was a plan for his life. And had he given up, you know what? There would have been a whole generation 
of Hebrew men and women that would have been um, that would have lost their lives. Because the story gets even better. Eventually, he makes his way further up. Someone else remembers him, does him a favor, and he makes his way into Pharaoh's house. And he's given even more influence than he was in the first two examples. Think about it. If he'd have given up, he would have been in a worse circumstance. But every single time a challenge came his way and he chose to persevere, every single time he came out of it stronger. And every single time it became a little bit better. And the story ends where he actually saves his family because there was a famine in the land. Okay, Pharaoh actually had a dream and Joseph was able to interpret it and determine that there was a famine that was coming. And so in Egypt, they could stockpile on all of their their crops, planted tons and tons and tons so that they could have plenty to last through the famine. And before you knew it, Joseph's brothers came to visit him unknowingly that it was actually him to ask a favor. And he revealed himself to them and said, you know what? I have grace. Because God loves me and he loves you. And because I was willing to push forward beyond my circumstances. Because I was willing to push past the things that were trying to hold me back. Even you. Even you. Even the brother that had decided at one point that he was going to kill his brother. There was a level of forgiveness there. And he was able to use that as a way to push him to that next level. Right? See... There are legacies in your life. There are things that have happened in your past. You know, think about it. Some of us have dealt with alcoholic parents, right? Some of us, it's been a bondage of debt. Maybe your family had financial, they were irresponsible when it came to their finances. Maybe they racked up a lot of debt. Maybe you assumed that debt after some of your parents passed away. I don't know. We all were left with things. Some of you have dysfunction in your home. Maybe the home that you're living in right now. Maybe you're in an abusive relationship, whether it's verbally or physically. We all have things, right? All of us have things. But my, my urgency to you is to think about, of course, looking at your environment and how that impacts you. What is your identity? What are you going to rest on? Are you going to rest on the promise that things are always going to be the way that they've always been because that's just the way it is? Are you going to allow those things in your life to hold you back? Or are you going to be willing to say, you know what? That's a part of my past. And regardless of what comes in my way, I have a choice to make. Can I sit and wallow in it? Or do I push myself past that, using that as a catalyst so that I can grow? Am I going to put myself like I did with the lima beans and the paper towel and the light or the darkness? Am I going to be more wise in my choices about who I surround myself with and what I'm filling my mind with? What I'm allowing myself to hear on a daily basis? Because if I don't take control over that, it can eventually lead to the demise of the vision that I have for myself. That's super important. So I hope you guys got some value out of it. I pray that this spoke to you in some way. I know for me specifically, it's a day-to-day struggle sometimes for me to think about what am I going to allow in and what am I going to allow to just roll off of me like water on the back of a duck? Because it's super important. If I am not able to do that, if I am not able to create an awareness around what I am allowing into my space and what is holding me back, then my vision will be impeded.